<laughs> it's Monday night and it's time to get rowdy. Catch up on this week in ARCA and NASCAR with news and comment. Plus, you never know who will stop by for a visit. Right here on the Rowdy Maglite Show. to it will be on the south end of the Charlotte area and just south of Concord where the track is located across the street from the big speedway and sandwiched in between them and on the other side they've got the Z-Max dragway and uh, that beautiful four wide drag strip and uh, you know that one guy who should be with us this weekend he's not going to be with us but uh, we're going to switch here a little bit Rowdy. Kyle's going to see asphalt you and I are going to see dirt what do you think about that, Kyle? Something different, um, especially um, with, uh, you know, Mahoning finally having their fall brawl. 3 p.m. start on Saturday, and then I got a football game that night. So I'm uh, going to try, try and take lots of pictures and uh, cover as much as I can before the football game because the football game is only a town over. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, it's 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 unfortunate Charlotte got rained out tonight, but um, I know tomorrow they'll be uh, they'll be back in action and uh, two full nights of racing at the dirt track. And uh, Mark, you're there. And uh, yeah, unfortunately couldn't make it this year, but uh, there's still a dirt race left, the 410 show at BAPS next Saturday, November 13th. So um, yeah, with the 358 modified. So uh, big show going there, and uh, we'll have to uh, possibly see about going to that. Well, Kyle, well, you know, we're going in. We're headed Sorry, into Rod, the playoffs, guys. That's all I, I just yeah. going to say we're headed into the playoffs, guys, and uh, that's in Phoenix this year, and last year was in Phoenix. Hey, it, it, it's just a hard drive to make Phoenix, guys. It, it's a flying <laughs> trip. Not a drive. Our time trip. will come. <laughs> Our time will come, Rowdy. And the weather's going to be good out there, too. You know, weather's always been great at Homestead. I think it was one year they had kind of a shaky uh, finish to the finals. But, guys, uh, it's down to the final four now, the, the truck, the Xfinity, and the Cup guys. And, uh, Kyle, well, you know, Kyle and I was talking a little earlier, Mark. Yeah. I, I personally think that Kyle not winning last week really sets him up for a win this week at Phoenix, guys. Uh, he's dominated, and I think everything's ready. Yeah. Realistically, Rowdy, and, and Kyle's been more than informing us all season long about the uh, the exploits of our Kyle Larson in the NASCAR Cup Series, and well-deserved. And then he jumps off every once in a while and runs one of those wing sprint cars, and he pulls the cash in there, too. Uh, how can you not? He, he's got to be the favorite. I think unless something really dramatic happens. And it can, because this is motorsports, guys. This isn't some stick and ball sport. Things happen mechanically, on track, whatever the case may be. But he should be the favorite to win it, and I think he will. Kyle's right. He should be champion this year. 
Yeah, I think so. And the reason I say that is because they've been the best all year. They've had the best team, the best pit crew, the best car, even the best driver. Um, you know, nine wins <laughs> up to this point and, uh, you know, two, three race winning streaks. I mean, I would have never thought of that would even happen from the five team this year. And uh, they have just shown it every single week, you know, pit stops, you know, getting the, getting Larson out first. Um, I know Texas, I think it, I think Larson led the last 218 laps, thanks thanks to the, the pit crew for that and that number one pit stall. And, uh, yeah, a little different this weekend. We got practice and qualifying back on the schedule for everybody, Yay. for Trucks, Xfinity, Arca West, and Cup. So everybody is practicing qualifying this week. Arca West has a practice slash qualifying session as Charlie Cross has a practifying on a Saturday morning before the West race at noon uh, Pacific or local time. And uh, 36 cars for the Arca West race. We have uh, 41 entered for the truck race, 42 entered for Xfinity, and 39 entered for Cup. So not a bad uh, number of cars for the race. And, uh, you know, I got Mahoning this week. Yep. So, you know, a lot going on. And uh, Phoenix, I mean, I, like I said, I kind of like Austin Sendrick for the Xfinity race. I think he's just, you know, that team's just been good. Especially when you won the last two races there in Xfinity at Phoenix. And uh, A.J. Allmendinger, I think, will be up there as well. I think he'll be hard to beat. And then Trucks, I know I, I said earlier to Rowdy, I think John Hunter Nemechek is going to do what he's been doing all year and dominate. So um, that's what I like for the title. And, uh, you know, we still got to see what happens. we got to run the races first. Well, guys, in the Cup, we were talking about it, I think, a week ago. Do you have to be a multi-team now? Of course, this is all going to change because everybody's going to start from ground zero next year with this new car. But as it stands now, do you have to have a multi-team to make playoffs? Yes. Yes. There's too much information. There's too much going on. There's too much things that you can acclimate between, you know, multiple teams that you can't get with a single car. And all four drivers, three drivers, whatever the case may be, each one of them is different behind the wheel also. So, uh, yeah, I think to be the best, uh, and especially now since they aren't allowing practice, guys, that, that that's very important. Well, I'm just glad to see practice back for a while yes, anyway. Yep. Well, you know, you don't want the last show of the year to be the stink show, you know, every it should be like every other sport. The cream should rise to the top at this race, guys. And we've had all season. And if you hadn't got it now, you're not going to get it. Uh, very true. And unless we not forget, there are three other drivers involved in this uh, championship in all the divisions. Although pretty much... You know, it, it, it's hard to go against what Kyle said about the trucks and Xfinity and Cup. Uh, there are favorites and all, but I think it's much more possible in Xfinity and trucks that are uh, an unknown, uh, you know, an out, out of the ballpark type situation could happen, and uh, we'd have a surprise winner as a champion. Well, I don't think I don't think it'll be a surprise. I mean. We got the three best, four best Rowdy. drivers. I mean, no matter who who wins it, it's not it's not a surprise. You got the best of the best there. But I think Guys, we, have, I mean, especially with Xfinity, and, and Kyle brought up the you know the, the very point. You've got 
Austin Cedric, and how could you not, you know, he, he's pretty much got to be your favorite. But if he's not, A.J. Allmendinger is going to be, and I, I think that's just going to be a really fun race to watch on Saturday. Uh, Rowdy, I hope you and I get a chance to see some of it before uh, uh, we, we watch the, the dirt this weekend. But uh, we'll, we'll be listening on the radio. We'll be checking Owner's out. Owner's title on the right. line, too. No, very much Owner's so. Uh, Especially in the Xfinity, and isn't it, Kyle? Yeah, John Arnema checks driving the 54 this week. Uh, Going to end the year in that car. Um, what was it, 11 wins this year? It's just been amazing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, you know that car, I don't know what it is, magic or whatever, but, um, you know, Ty Gibbs won four times. Uh, Kyle Busch won five, Christopher Bell, and uh, John Hunter Nemechek with the win apiece. So, um, you know, definitely a good spot. I mean, there could be there, there could be a scenario where the 54 wins the race and the 22 finishes second. I mean, we could see that happening. I would not be surprised one bit or the 16, whoever. Um but, yeah, I think right now, I think, yeah, the Xfinity title goes through the 22 team. I think they've just, you know, they're good everywhere. And, um, you know, Austin Hendrick has been on, has been really fast the last couple of weeks, you know. I mean, he led 151 laps at Kansas, missed Martinsville by right. about a half a car length. And, you know, um, definitely they've been the favorite, I think, the last couple of weeks. They've just shown the speed and shown where, you know, Hendrick's been good everywhere this year. You know, he's won Pocono this year. You know, he's redeemed himself there and other tracks as well. So um, Indianapolis was a really impressive win for him uh, in the PPG <laughs> car. Um, so, yeah, uh, um, they've, had, they've, had moments of, they've had moments of success this year, and they're looking to cap it off and go back-to-back. Back. And, if, and if, if, indeed, Austin Hendrick does win the championship, um, it'll be, be another repeat champion, you know, Tyler Reddick in 2018 and 2019, and, uh, you know, Austin Hendricks trying to go back-to-back back before he goes to the Cup next year. Well, guys, you know, it's a sad day that after such race, that'll be the end of all those cars. And where they'll go is anybody who, who could guess where they could go. I mean, they're not going to be good for ARCA like they used to be. There's some speculation out there that they'll try to run some kind of series with the older cars. And let's face it, there are enough of them out there that they could probably get away with it, guys, and and, and run for a few years uh, without the depleting the supply. But uh, at this point in time, that's a really big uh, gamble, so to speak, on something like that. And uh, but I, it could be successful. They've done it before. I can see it possibly happening and again in the old uh, Pro Cup cars. Uh, uh, they had a few golden years there, and, um, you know, maybe they can make a return with something like that. What do you think? Uh, a lot of cars, Mark. My, my question yeah. is, uh, guys, after this is over, and who's building – you know, you've got all these guys that have been employed with Gibbs and Hendricks building cars, and now that they're being built by, does anybody have a name who's building these cars? Because they're coming from a manufacturer now. Well, it's going to make a big effect on, on the suppliers and, and contractors and the whole 
uh, nine yards. You're not going to need from from pit road. We're going to need less people in the shafts. We're going to need less people, and uh, even with new teams, it's uh, uh, there's there's going to be some guys left out on the cold, unfortunately, and that's the sad fact of what's uh, about to happen uh, in in NASCAR guys in the Cup Series. Well, look, I, I first said we're going to start with uh, Coach Gibbs, but I think we're going to start with Hendricks first and listen to what Rick's got to talk about. It's 31 minutes and uh, 10 seconds, guys, so we're going to listen to Rick Hendricks. It was a press conference that was held yesterday and pretty much about uh, the upcoming race this weekend. Thank you again for joining us here on this Tuesday afternoon in advance of the NASCAR Championship 4 this weekend at Phoenix Raceway. We have now been joined by Rick Hendrick, car owner of Hendrick Motorsports. Um, Before we get started with Rick, a couple of quick announcements and reminders. Um, If you have a question for Rick, please go ahead and use the Zoom raise your hand um, button so that we can get to as many questions as we can in the time that we have with Rick. Um, We will record and post this audio as well. And for some reason, if your raise your hand button does not work or you don't think we're seeing your question, please feel free to utilize the chat window. We'll monitor that as well. I know we have a lot to cover today. Um, A lot of, um, I'm sure a lot of questions for both um, Rick and Joe a little bit later in the hour. Um, If you can help us to keep those questions as focused as we can, on this weekend's events at Phoenix, we would greatly appreciate it. We want to try to um, make sure that we can get in as many questions as we can to help preview this weekend's um, events at Phoenix. So we will now get started um, <clears throat> to kick us off. I'm gonna, Rick, I'm gonna ask you an opening question here. It's been a pretty big season for Hendrick Motorsports. When, when, when we started in February, did you have any idea that um, your team would take home 16 NASCAR Cup Series wins this season? No. Uh, you know, you always think you're in good shape, but uh, it's been a phenomenal year. I think uh, when I look back at our organization and, and, and look at across the board running full cars, uh, it's been uh, all the cars have been competitive. All of them have won races and uh you know, it's 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 really nice when you have a, a balanced attack and you have you don't have one car running twentieth, but all of the cars have been able to lead laps and run up front and win races. So uh, I've been extremely happy and very humbled by the success of the organization this year. Right, and, and one additional question before we jump jump to our, the questions from our media. Um, a, a big year as well for Chevrolet home the manufacturers championship. Um, what does that mean to you to be able to help them um, take home that honor um, this season? You know that I, I guess outside of us winning the championship, being able to bring it home for Chevrolet is is super important to me and our organization and all the Chevy teams because you know they uh, take a lot of pride in, in in NASCAR racing and racing in general. They've won a lot of races. They've used to winning a lot of manufacturers' cups. And so at the beginning of the year, that's always a big goal for us. And uh, they are a major player in our success. So uh, it was super exciting and, and rewarding to 
to see them get excited about winning the manufacturer championship again. All right. We're now going to go to questions. We'll take as many questions as we can in the time that we have. To kick us off, we're going to go to Bob Pockers. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Rick. Uh, Cliff Daniels told me that he wasn't sure whether he'd get a chance to work with another driver after not winning with Jimmy Johnson. So I'm curious if there were ever any thoughts in your head of like, well, maybe he just uh, just isn't good. He, he'd just be better off in a different position other than a crew chief. Uh, I think your question is, is uh, Cliff Daniels I'm looking at him in, in any other position other than a crew chief? Is that what you said? That was it? Yeah. That's your question. Yeah, well, in light of the fact that he wasn't able to win, he didn't win a race with Jimmy. Right. They're concerned that he just wasn't a winning, winning crew chief. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Look, he's a super sharp guy. If you look at the way they ran toward the end of the year, uh, we were we were just getting our program better and, and starting to click. And of course, Chase won the uh, won the championship. But Jimmy had some good races there at the end, so that was good momentum. And you could just watch him as he ran the team and, and made the team better, that he was going to be in a good spot this year. Uh, did I think he could win this many races? You know, nobody ever expects to win that many races in a year. But uh, he's a super sharp guy. Uh, he's been in and around our program for a long time, worked with Chad as an engineer on the team. So. Uh, I've been amazed at how much talent he has in a leadership role. All right, next question. We're going to go to Jenna Fryer. Go ahead, Jenna. Thank you. Uh, hey, Mr. H, I've got a couple questions. I'm going to limit it to two and then get back into the queue. Um, my first question is on Chase. He opened the season as the champion, um, should have been celebrated all year, but instead you signed this new guy who comes in and wins all these races and sort of takes over the spot as top dog. Have you seen that affect Chase at all, or has it been any sort of um, issue that you've had to address? None. Uh, you know, Chase is very competitive. He wants to win, but he's happy for the organization. And he's never, he's never said anything about uh, the fact that he won the championship and now, uh, you know, Kyle's winning a bunch of races. Uh, you know, it all comes down to next Sunday, and uh, he's he's in it to win it, and uh, he's uh, he's got a chance and a good shot at being a back-to-back -back champion. So he's a team player, and, and Chase is super cool. He he just uh, I've been amazed at his maturity and and how he looks like a, a just a pure veteran of ten or twelve years, and uh, he just. Uh, he actually, every time Kyle wins or one of the other cars win, he texts me and congratulates me. So he's not one of those guys that goes off in the corner and says, well, I, you know, I need what they have or whatever. He, uh, he's so quiet and, and he delivered these two real good lines in this, in this postseason, merry off season, happy Christmas. Yeah. And then uh, the thing last week about his fans, um, you know, it, did you know he's got that? In, in him, that wit and that uh, that humor? He's super, I mean, he's quick. He's really quick. And uh, he's just a super bright guy. And he, I just, I'm amazed at how he can come back with, uh, you know, you, you, you might ask him a question or you may say, man, you had a good race. I'm sorry. 
that you didn't win it. And he's always, hey, we uh, we did well, we did it to ourselves or whatever. He's uh, he's very 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 sharp. You can't rattle him. He just I've never seen him get rattled over anything. So he's uh, I, th- I think he's poised for another championship here come Sunday. And then uh, my last one, and I'll get back in the queue. It's my, I'm really excited for your answer on this one. Um, Alex Bowman, is he a hack? Uh, I describe a hack. I don't know what a hack is, but, uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, he's won four races this year. But then he's won two. And uh, so, you know, I, uh, he's, I think Denny just lost it Sunday, and uh, you know Alex races everybody clean. He's a good soldier. Uh, the sponsors love him. The people, the crowd loves him. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think in the, in when you're in the the middle of uh, a disappointment and you're frustrated and mad, you might say things that you wouldn't say normally. So, uh, but. If he's a hack, I'd like to have more of them. Thank you. All right. Our next question is going to go to Jeff Gluck. Go ahead, Jeff. Rick, you know, you've, you've been around so many of the greats. And obviously, I mean, we can see, you know, Larson's unbelievable. But yeah. I'm curious as to your opinion as to why, what makes him so great? Why is he that good? I think he's he's driven a little bit of everything. And I think car control and uh, racing on the dirt has helped him a lot, but uh, he's got tremendous confidence. Uh, he believes uh, that he can drive anything, and he believes he can win in anything. So, you know, that confidence builds a lot of, uh, you know, just he just gets in the car ready to go, and he doesn't complain, but he also spends more time than people might know uh, studying setups and studying the history of the races and digging into the information in our company just to see if he can get better or he can make the car better wanting to help the cliff. Um, but I think confidence, car control is just something that, uh, you know, he's just got a ton of. Thank you. Okay. Our next question is going to come from Zach Albert. Go ahead, Zach. Thanks, Amanda. Uh, Mr. H, uh, I wanted to follow back onto uh, Cliff Daniels uh, real quick. It seems like uh, whenever you hear him on the radio, uh, he's a very calming influence. Um, and that seems to trickle down not only to Larson, but um, also the rest of the team. Um, how have you seen that kind of, um, I guess it's almost maturity beyond his years in some ways. Um, and, and was that part of why you thought he was destined for for this kind of season? Yeah, well, you, you, you know, he worked on the Chad, and he has that same temperament of wanting everything perfect. Uh, but he does not get rattled. You're exactly right. And you don't know how a guy's going to act under fire until you put him in that position. And, uh, but he just uh, is very methodical, and he, he spends a lot of time with Kyle. And when I told Kyle that, that was going to be his crew chief, Kyle didn't know he hadn't won any races, uh, but as soon as they started working together, you know, Kyle loved what he could see in, in Cliff. And um, I've just I've been amazed at his 
ability to call a race, keep calm, uh, build a pit crew, uh, do all the things that he's done this year and uh, doesn't get rattled. And uh, in some of the decisions he makes uh, is just, uh, you would think he's been crew chief for five or six years, but uh, he's, a, he's a real talent and he will, he's built a really good team. And I can tell you the four crew chiefs here are working better than they've ever worked before. Uh, when I went to shop yesterday that Rudy and, and, and Cliff were standing there talking and Alan, and they were discussing things about the cars and we don't have four teams anymore. We have one team with four cars and they, they all work, people work on the same cars and, uh, and the crew chiefs live together and, and, uh, Rudy's made a big impact on our company. And so it's, it's been the best chemistry by far that we've ever had. How much of that is a credit to Chad Knauss and his leadership in terms of this, this first year in his current role after being a crew chief for so long? Well, you know, uh, Chad is a perfectionist and, and yes, he, he gets a lot of the credit, uh, for the preparation because things have to go on here when the guys are on the road and not in the shop. And Chad is very detail minded and he, he has learned too that he's got to spread his knowledge. He can't just focus on one car. He's got to be focusing on four cars. So that's been a, that's been a step for him, but he's, he's just accepted it. And I've just watched him mature, not mature. That's not the right word, but I've, I've watched him work into being a leader of many people rather than a leader of a few and wanting to do a lot of things himself. And uh, he, he brings a, a certain amount of, uh, you know, attention and to the, to the, to the game. And he's, uh, he's very methodical and very driven. And so uh, you spread that through the shop and, and you've got him back at home getting the cars ready and feedback from the four crew chiefs. Uh, it's, it's a great combination right now. And I, I, I think we've got a lot of good years ahead of us. Great. Thank you. Okay. Our next question is going to come from Kelly Crandall. Go ahead, Kelly. Thank you, Amanda. Rick, at the top there, you talked about how you're humbled by the success of the team this season. And when I talked to Jeff or asked Jeff yesterday about Obviously, you guys won the championship last year with Chase, but does this year feel more like an indication that the organization is back to where it needs to be with performance, given the overall success of all four teams? Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you had Jeff Gordon and, and Terry Levani and you won four championships in a row and, and you won a ton of races and, and then you, uh, you kind of go through a rebuilding year, you don't have, you know, Jeff or Jimmy or Dale. And you've got, uh, you know, Alex Bowman and William Byron and Chase Elliott. And then we didn't know how, you know, you, you think, uh, you watch Larson, you say, hey, he's really got a tremendous amount of talent. Can he be a team player? Can he come in an organization and have an impact and, and really, you know, help the other guys? Uh, and the answer to all those is yes. Uh, I've been amazed at William Byron his year and you look at where he was if he'd gotten in the role and he looked like he was going to win that race he could have been a player in the championship so 
Uh, Alex won four races. Uh, Chase is uh, going for the back-to-back -back championship. So uh, when you have everybody working together, when you have the crew chiefs not trying to uh, hide things, but legitimately wanting to help each other and make all the cars better, uh, and communication between the drivers, or you don't have a driver that's upset with the other driver or, or jealous or, you know, just building a wall between them. Uh, again, it's the best we've ever had when you look at four crew chiefs and four drivers. Yeah, we had Jimmy Johnson that, that won seven and won five in a row, but the rest of the organization was uh, running at that par. So uh, this has been a phenomenal year for us. And on the topic of Kyle, when you signed him about a year ago now, you mentioned he had championship ability, which he's proven this year with wins and qualifying for the title race on Sunday. And you also talked about how you had to get comfortable, obviously, with his heart and who he was as a person. So now having gone through this year, uh, Kyle away from the racetrack, has he lived up to everything you would have hoped in terms of what he's done to better himself? More, much more than I would anticipate him doing. Uh, he pledged $140,000, so far uh, to causes. He's visited uh, a week or so ago three food banks in Raleigh, Charlotte, and Charleston, and uh, gave away a ton of money. Uh, he's been the front, kind of the, the front of our whole uh, program for feeding people. Uh, he goes into the markets and uh, stems situations with kids. Uh, going to speak to kids, and he's doing so much on his own. I mean, not just with us, but he's got uh, other charities that he's been supporting. I don't know any driver out there as busy as that guy is that spends as much time trying to do good for other people. So uh, if you just look at his track record and what he's accomplished this year, uh, going visiting food banks and schools and giving money away and just uh, – trying to be a, a model citizen, and uh, I'm just really proud of him because I didn't ask him to do any of that. You know, he did that on his own. Thank you. Okay, our next question is going to come from Jim Utter. Go ahead, Jim. Hey, Rick. Hope you're doing well. Hey, Jim. Uh, a couple questions. First, kind of um, on Kyle. Um, Strictly talking about Kyle's performance in the NASCAR Cup Series this season, are we seeing, in your opinion, um, the kind of uh, expectations or promise that people thought Kyle was always possible, with, that was possible with Kyle when he first came into NASCAR, or is it something? Is it more something more to it than that? Well, you know, I think the uh, the word was. Uh, before this year that Kyle was fast, but he couldn't close. Uh, he couldn't run a 500-mile race and be there at the end. And uh, he's proven everybody wrong in that area. You know, you, you know when a guy's fast, he's capable. But then I've witnessed him being uh, so, so good at managing his tires and giving up a little bit in one part of the race to be better at the end and uh, better and give up a little bit early in the run to be good at the end of the run. And that takes a lot of patience. And when you couple 
patience and understanding what the tire can do and the car can do, and then you put that talent with it, that's what, you know, you see the results this year. So I've, I've been amazed at how he can control a race. When I say control it for himself, he can, can feel the race along with Cliff telling him what's going on. Uh, he doesn't mind getting coached either. You can hear Cliff tell him that somebody's driving a car length deeper or they're backing off a car length before he is. And he, he takes it and soaks it in. And, and uh, he's, it's, it's been amazing. You know, I, I can see why he's won so many races, not just in our car, but uh, everything he gets in because he's competitive, smart, and knows how to, how to, how to race. I mean, that, you know, a lot of people might be fast, but they don't know how to race. And he knows how to race. And my second question, when you were uh, talking with Kelly about how far the organization has come in general and how it's working better than it, than it ever has as a unit, I wondered how important do you think that will be as we move into the next-gen car uh, and all the changes that come with that? Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think the momentum that 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 the team has, and I think the way they work together can only be more beneficial in the in the new car. I mean, it's you're still going to have a lot to work with. I mean, although you, you know most of the parts and pieces that you're you're handed to you, but still you've got tire data setups. Uh, there's a lot that you have to to, to, to make work. And if you've got four guys that are working together and four crew chiefs that are working together, you're going to get there a lot faster. So uh, I've seen it with everything that we've done, uh, whether it's pit crews, we looked at our pit crews toward the end of the year. And, uh, you know, the five team had one of the best pit crews on pit road. And there are a lot of, uh, not a new guys and a lot of guys that were off of pit crews in our organization. So, I think just the, just the chemistry, uh, we'll take that into the new year with the new car. And I think if we, if we execute exactly like we're doing now, we should have really good results. I don't know that we'll win as many races, but we'll be super competitive. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Okay, our next question will come from Claire B. Lane. Thank you. Ricky and I was sitting here, I was thinking about the playoff drivers that are advancing on, and they're all solid, and they're all very calm. You know, Truex, Elliot Larson, somewhat Denny Hamlin, a veteran. What do you think the difference will be for the finale at Phoenix? Is it the maturity, the team that doesn't panic, who gets stressed out, luck, or who's more aggressive after what we saw last week? What do you think, Rick? Well, I, you know, I think a lot of racing luck's going to play into it. I mean, you know, do you get trapped with a caution? Do you pit? Do you have a flat tire? Uh, do you have, you know, mechanical, you know, problem? Those four cars are going to be awful close. Uh, you know, who hits the setup right? Uh, doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't matter what you did last week or even when you went there or in the, in the spring. Um, I think it's just got to, you got to have a flawless race without any mistakes. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the, the, uh, the unknown when you, 
go into a championship like this. You got four cars. They're all great cars. They've been there all year. They all know how to win. They have won. And, uh, you know, two of them won championships. So, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I think it's just going to be mistake free. Whoever can get through it without making mistakes will probably win it. And it could be, it could be any one of those four. And uh, I hope it's one of our two. And as we move to the finale, right, what do you think of all the talk that we had last week? And I know it was a cutoff race and I know it was Martinsville, but now we move on about how much respect you show or don't show, how much respect these drivers owe each other that are in the playoffs. You have two of your, your drivers who are in it together and their teammates and or those who are not in the playoffs. What about the whole respect thing and the whole entertainment that it shows thing and what you want of the crowning of a champion where respect fits in or doesn't? Well, I think when you look at it and you see guys that haven't run, won a race this year and they won't really, they want to win a race for their sponsor and their organization, uh, you don't expect them to move over. You would hope they don't, you know, deliberately race somebody too hard. But uh, everybody that goes in that race has got a, a reason for wanting to do well. I mean, some of them are looking for a job. Uh, some of them are pressure from sponsors and from their teams. And uh, everybody wants to do well. Uh, I think, I do think uh, Martinsville is a tough racetrack to ask people to uh, not race hard. I mean, you know, people, that's just, there's always feelings after Martinsville. There always has been, and there always will be when you race that close together. But I think Phoenix will be a little bit different. Uh, and I think every, I think everybody deserves to be able to go out and race. I think we want. I think the, the guys in the championship just ask for respect from the other guys. Just don't take an if you're running, you know, eighth or tenth, and it's you know early in the race. Don't do anything to, to try to jeopardize somebody's chance of winning a championship. But that's true every week. I mean, I think our guys in this – well, not, not just our organization, but this, this sport right now, most of those guys, if not most all of them, race pretty clean. And you see them go four wide uh, at places where I don't think you can run three wide, and they come out okay. And uh, if somebody loses it and gets into somebody, that's just – that's just racing. I mean, you, you know, that's going to happen. I just hope it doesn't happen Sunday. Thank you, Rick, and good luck, all right? Thank you. Thank you. Okay, our next question is going to come from Holly Kane. Go ahead, Holly. Thank you so much. Mr. Hendrick, I wanted to ask you just one question. Um, often, not so often, does the championship come down to just two teams? This is really kind of a mono mono type of situation. How is the emotional side of this for you guys? Is the vibe in the shop a lot different this week? What's it like? Well, you know, uh, it's um, the guys that are working, uh, you know, that go to the track with the five car, they want to win. The guys that are uh, with the nine car, they want to win. But they're all in there together, and uh, they they do have – feelings that they want their car to win the race, but uh, they're looking for the organization to do well. Uh, but there's, ten there's, I don't think there's tension between our cars. There's just tension and nerves 
that they know it all comes down to just one race. And we worked so hard all year, won a lot of races, but it's just going to come down to who can win this race or finish in front of the other guys. So I think that the, uh, the pressure is uh, there's no tension among our guys. Uh, now, whether that will change it in the race, if they're racing each other hard, uh, I fully expect the, the guys to race hard, to race clean. And I've been in a situation before uh, with Terry Labonte and, and Jeff Gordon, and I've been in the meetings with the teams and say, look, guys, uh, I'm going to tell you if, if the nine car wins, I'm going to go tell the five guys, congratulations, a great year, and then I'll go celebrate. I, I worry about showing any favoritism to any one of them. I won't be on the nine box or the five box. I'll be somewhere neutral. And, uh, and, and I just, I do, I do think a lot about whatever happens Sunday, I don't want to hurt the momentum we've got now. So however it works out, we've got to, we've got to come back and race in 22 and we want to have the same success uh, that we had this year. And the reason we have is because everybody's working together. And so for me, it's like, uh, just don't, don't ruin it for everybody. And, uh, so, uh, I, 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 our guys are really, I'm amazed, uh, you know, when I've been in this situation before, you had people working in a corner, I'm not letting anybody see what I'm working on. Our guys are going, looking at scans together. Uh, they are, it, it's, I'm just really proud of them because I, it's a great feeling to know that you've got an organization that's got two guys in it and, and they're going to put their best, best car out there and let them settle it. Thank you. All right. I know we're not going to get to, to everyone's questions. Thank you for everyone hanging with us. We're going to squeeze in one more question before um, Rick has to move on to some other interviews. So, Dan, Delson, go ahead with your final question. Dan, you're muted. Rick, you, uh, again, you know, signed with Liberty recently. Did any of the accusations or bad press uh, involved with the university of late give you any reason uh, for pause with going through with the relationship? No, you know, they're great people up there. They'll get it worked out. And, uh, I, I, you know, we're, that's the situation that's unfortunate and, uh, but they'll get it resolved and move on. Do, do you talk to anyone there about what's going on and, and if, you know, it might be a lingering issue that could affect the way you do business as well? No, I mean, I, I've spoken to several of them, but uh, they're, you know, they are really good people and things that happened uh, years ago, whenever it did happen, they'll, uh, they'll make it right and move on and uh, things like that. I mean, when you have a, uh, you know, it's, it's not pleasant, but they, uh, they're dealing with it. They're being very upfront and, uh, been very transparent. Have you heard any fan blowback or pushback over the over the deal, you personally, or or Hendrick as an organization? No. Okay. Thank you. All right, Rick. Thank you again for spending so much time with us today. We know that you are very busy, and we appreciate you giving us a full thirty minutes. And we wish you the best of luck this weekend in Phoenix. Okay. Thank you. All right, and to all the media who are still here with us, please hang tight and we will let you know as soon as Joe Gibbs has arrived. Thank you.
All right. Rick Hendrick is in the books, and it looks like they had a lot to talk about with Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. Those two go on to the championship for Phoenix. Uh, Mark, uh, what did you take out of that, and uh, what do you think was the most some of the, the key points? From from day one, when when they started that organization with uh, uh, suitcase Jake Elder and and uh, Jeff Bodine, and they won their race in uh, Wilkesboro when they had to win it, or the team was going to go under. And look at him now. But he has stressed since the beginning that that multi-team thing will work. And, you know, let's face it, uh, he and Gibbs pretty much have done the best with it out of all of them at this point. And where are we at? His two drivers and Gibbs' two drivers. And uh, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm going to get a chance to actually sit back, and, and I'm going to watch and Really enjoy Phoenix this Sunday. Uh, that doesn't happen real often on, on Cup Sundays because we're covering so many races. So I will I will savor this one. And you know, Riley brought it up earlier. This is the last time for this car, guys. Sunday afternoon, we won't see that type of car any ever again, probably. Yeah, you bring up a good point there, and. Uh... Yeah, it's the last race with the old, the current car, and uh, yeah, we we start fresh in 2022 with the Daytona 500 and Speed Weeks, and yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, get the get the rowdy bandwagon going, and uh, you know, go from there. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we, we ran into a little uh, detour and roadblock possibly, I guess you could call it, the past couple of days at least on my end, but uh, my game plan is hopefully to be. Uh, at the Rolex 24 to warm up and get the season rolling for the Rowdy game uh, with Rowdy and hopefully sometime during the Florida racing season uh, while we're in there in February and January, we're going to get the stat man, Kyle, down there with us too. So uh, looking forward to it. Warm weather in uh, January, February, and you're from where Kyle and I live. It's most appreciated. Yeah, the uh, the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour announced their 2022 schedule that came out I think yesterday, and uh, it's pretty pretty interesting. I'm gonna have to just check it right now, but um, I know that they're ending the year at Martinsville, which will be with the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series, so that'll be exciting. We'll be crowning a modified champion as well. So let's see here. I know I had it up. And and just so you know, the North-South shootout is at Caraway this weekend, too. So, you know, along with the Charlotte, they're going to be busy over there as well. If if things hadn't weathered out like they had today, I was possibly thinking of Rowdy and Nice shooting up a little bit farther into the Carolinas, going to Caraway. I think it would be a new speedway for both of us. Uh, I've been to past – North-South shootouts, uh, and they were all at uh, Concord. So, yeah, yeah, it's a I great track. Caraway is another one of those historic southeastern tracks that is a must-see for most of you know race fans like you, me, and Rowdy. And those gangs of us who uh, just love hanging around and listening to us talk. So, Kyle, you got Mahoning Valley. Uh, was it 125 laps for the mods? 
Correct. 3,000 to win. We were talking because of the North-South shootout. Uh, I'm telling you what, folks. I've been there. I've seen it live. And I think Kyle could pretty much back me up and Rowdy, too. At Mahoney Valley, you either like Matt Hirschman or um, you're not the most pleasant of non-fans. And and they're not afraid to let you know what are they, Kyle. No, and, uh, you know... We got Rowdy back, by the way. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's an interesting place. Um, you know, you have Eric Beers there. You know, he doesn't race there anymore. Son does. But uh, you know, you have that, and you have Zane Ziner and Matt Hirschman. You have the normal suspects there. Jack Ely. You know, you have the normal guys. Mm-hmm. They'll definitely be there on on Saturday. I don't know about Matt. I think Matt will be at Caraway actually. Um, I'm not surprised that he wouldn't be. I have be. a feeling you're right. Because well, I have not seen any out. posts about Mahoning at all this week, and I know he would have ran last week if they held it on Saturday, but Mother Nature right. intervened and uh, got to, uh, unfortunately, uh, postpone the fall brawl to this weekend, which is now, if you haven't heard, a 3 o'clock start Eastern on Saturday. And just to, you know, it's actually going to start at the same time as the Arca West race at Phoenix, so I'm going to try and catch both. Um but, uh, yeah, this is kind of it for me for the asphalt side of things. And uh, I know we were talking earlier, we got that 410 show and 358 modified the BAPS next weekend. Kind of want to get go to that because um, I have not been there yet this year. Um, you know, same weekend, Kyle Larson will be running a sprint car and Chase Elliott running sprint cars at a Merced Speedway in California. So, um, yeah, their racing's not done just yet. Uh, Larson going to be in the 57, Chase Elliott in the 21, Tarleton and Sons sprint car. So uh, that'll be exciting to watch the week after Phoenix and after this is all over. So, um, yeah, the NASCAR season's wrapping up. Uh, I know we still want to hear from Coach Gibbs and see what he has to say about what happened. Well, Kyle, let me tell you, Coach. Coach Gibbs is a pleasure always to talk to, man. And he's got that grandson that's coming up that's absolutely setting that car on fire. <laughs> we he's got a long journey to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's hope he's just not a, a, a shooting star. and He's one of those stars that's going to be a, a comet that we're going to have for years to come, Rowdy. I, I fully believe it. The best is yet to come. Well, and whoever I, I gets guess to you, that 54 Toyota win is going to win. Right. <laughs> hey, Kyle, if, let's if, kick if us anybody, off on old Coach Gibbs. With Mark sounds done, good. Right. So. Okay. Yeah, I prefer just audio. I totally understand. Well, first off, before we uh, get started with questions from our media, just one quick opening question for you. Thank you again for joining us. Um, you know, just what does it mean from, from your perspective to have two cars um, from Joe Gibbs Racing battling for the championship this weekend in Phoenix? Well, I think, first of all, we're thrilled to be a part of the championship weekend and to get two cars in there. I got to tell you, that last 50 laps from Martinsville, I don't think I've ever experienced something like that because we actually went into that race with all three cars 
you didn't know what was going to happen. And that last 50 laps, I still didn't know what was going to happen. And so uh, it was a thrill for us to get Denny and Martin in. And so a big deal for us, a thrill for our race team, and so proud of everybody at Joe Gibbs Racing. And God's blessed us with so many uh, great people that are working there. And so we're thrilled to be a part of the weekend. We're excited about going to Phoenix. All right. Well, now we're going to go to questions. We're going to get to as many questions as we can in the time that we have um, today. And to kick us off, we're going to go to Dave Moody. Dave, go ahead with your question. Hi, Coach. Uh, you and Rick have split this championship deal pretty much down the middle. Uh, a couple of your respective employees aren't necessarily getting along right now, but the relationship between you and Rick has always seemed very positive and very respectful. Can you speak to that and, uh, and your feelings on what he's accomplished in the sport? You've all been pretty good competition for each other over the years. Yeah, I, Rick, uh, Rick and I, we, we share uh, Texas back and forth. And, of course, when I first uh, was thinking about trying to get into NASCAR, uh, Rick was there. Uh, he had... Jimmy Johnson, his general manager at the time, helped us and went to a number of the appointments with us. So he helped us get started. And, you know, in those days, we didn't call it an alliance, but that's what it was. And so we shared that. And I get a thrill out of getting a chance to go to the racetrack every weekend and race against so many great race teams, so many great owners. If you think about Roush and you think about Rick and you think about Penske and you think about Haas and getting a chance to go on those weekends and race against them, it's a thrill for me to be a part of this, be a part of NASCAR, a whole family. This is all we do. We love it. And it's a thrill for us to be a part of it, Dave. Thank you. Okay. Our, quest our next question is going to come from Alex Andrea. Go ahead, Alex. Hi, Coach. Um, thanks for your time. I, I'm curious, Wally Brown was on a call yesterday and said that he feels like Gibbs right now is the underdog compared to Hendrick. Um, um, I'm curious if, if you feel similarly that that's the case. Do you guys think you're the underdog? Do you agree with him? Yeah, I think the thing about um, um, major sports, uh, pro sports, is the fact that it takes place on the racetrack. It takes place on the football field. You can't – it doesn't do any good to try and persuade somebody on something. It's a fact. And the facts are that this year we chased the Chevys and chased Rick and um, for sure. And so I kind of feel like uh, Wally was truthful in his analysis. And But you never know what's going to happen on the weekend. So I go to every racetrack – you know, uh, certainly this weekend at Phoenix, there's going to be a lot that happens. And we've seen it in the past. You know, I think any of these four cars could win this. And the brakes, things are going to happen. Could be on pit road. It could be uh, something that would happen on the racetrack. So I think that's the reason why we love it is for our fans and our fan base. They're, they're what makes this sport what it is. It's the greatest reality show that you can be a part of, because we don't know what's going to happen, and I think all four of these cars this weekend will have a chance to win this. And then just as a, a quick follow-up, with, with with Denny's kind of post-race comments and what happened after Martinsville, 
I'm curious what you make of the feuding in terms of at what point does it get become a distraction, I guess, versus, you know, entertaining for, for the fans? Um, and did you feel like that was a kind of an appropriate reaction by him at the end of that race there? I think what happens in any sport is bitter disappointments. Uh, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, that's part of pro sports. And uh, certainly it can happen in this sport. Uh, you know, Denny, that was really frustrating for him. At Indy, he thought he could win the race, and that situation took place. And then here in Martinsville, but also we all know that's part of this sport. And so I think I, I, my position on that is uh, – I have always let the drivers handle everything that happens on the racetrack. Uh, and so uh, I think, you know, in this case, there was a frustration there, but I, I also think that's part of our sport. Uh, Denny's been in a long time, and um, I kind of think that that falls in the drivers. Um, it, it's in their, their, their decisions are made, and the way they handle that, they race against all those guys out there every week. And so I've always told the drivers, hey, make sure that you keep a good relationship. <laughs> you don't want a bunch of enemies out there. So anyway, uh, I think that's something that just happened as part of our sport. And I, I think uh, <laughs> Diddy's reaction afterwards is it was a frustration. Thank you. Okay, our next question is going to come from Chase Wilhelm. Go ahead, Chase. Hey, thank you, Coach Gibbs, for uh, joining us today. Um, my question is, what makes this the year that Danny Hamlin can, can win his first championship compared to what we've seen years past? I think, um, I, I think Denny's uh, success and everything over these last years, as soon as we put him with Chris Gapehart, uh, I think that combination and the way that, the chemistry, the way that works, is um, they've been so consistent. And so you kind of look at that, but also you know how hard it is to win a championship. Denny's an example. Won a ton of races, won three Daytona 500s, and yet has not been able to win a championship. Has had a chance, but hasn't won it. So I, I think that, again, the reason why we appreciate championships is because they're so hard. But I think um, the fact that Chris Gavehart and the team there, uh, and for FedEx, when you th stop and think about that, they've been with us now for those 14 years they've been with us. It's, it would be a thrill to win one for them. As we know, sponsorships are so important. We also have sport clips on that car. We have Craftsman. Craftsman uh, is on that car with Stanley Black and Decker. So... It would be a big deal for us and a big deal for those sponsors if Denny could do that. I would say what gives us a chance is Denny, his experience, and Chris Gavehart and the team. Thank you, Coach Gibbs. Appreciate it. Okay. Our next question is going to come from Bob Puckrick. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Coach, along those lines, what advice do you give Denny about just kind of about the – the aura of being a great driver who hasn't won the big one? I think, uh, I think that comes with all pro sports. We know that 
down through history, there's been a lot of great players that um, haven't won championships and Super Bowls and NASCAR championships. I mean, it's just part of it. And uh, we've had great drivers over here that are in the Hall of Fame that did not win a championship. And uh, I think Denny probably answered it the best last year when he kind of said uh, he's kind of at peace. Uh, with what he's been able to do. He's won Daytona 500s, won a bunch of races. He's had a great sponsor. He's kept them, you know, uh, through all of the years they've been together, uh, FedEx and Denny. And we appreciate Fred and everybody over there. And so I, I think he's at peace with it. But also you just know he has a burning desire and going to give it everything he's got. <laughs> Uh, on Sunday. And also, have you talked to Kyle Busch about his comments after the race Sunday night? And do you think uh, NASCAR requiring sensitivity training is the appropriate reaction? Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, Kyle, you know, knows he should not have used that word. And uh, I think NASCAR's um, response to it is uh, is appropriate. Thank you. Okay, our next question is going to come from Jeff Gluck. Go ahead, Jeff. So, um, you know, we're used to seeing Kyle win four or five races a season like it's nothing. And, you know, now he's won three races combined in the last two years. Um, what, what do you think's missing from Kyle's team right now or, or Kyle himself? And, and how can you get him back to where we're used to seeing him? I think it's, it's that, that, that's a great point. But it also uh, illustrates, I think, how hard this sport is. Um, in 2015, Denny didn't win a race. And you see drivers struggle. Uh, Harvick, this past year, you have examples of that all the time. And you can certainly go through ebb and flow. And it just illustrates to me uh, how hard this sport is and how hard it is to win a race. And so it has been frustrating for, for Kyle, for sure. And so I, my answer to that question is every single part of our race team, you know, um, we look at every single part of it and we'll look at it in this off season, trying to handle everything about pit stops and uh, all, of the, all of the engineering part of things Every single aspect each week, each year, we try and take it apart, look at it. How can we improve, and how could how can we do a better job of giving Kyle a car that he can win races with? So you can have in, in pro sports, you can have great talent, but it, it's a team sport, and there's so much with this. You know, like I mentioned, the pit stops and our engineering group, and um, it's just it's hard. And so we'll look at every single aspect of it, try and analyze it. We did last year and uh, we need to do a better job of, of giving Kyle what it takes in a car. And then of course he looks at himself and, and tries to analyze every. And I know Kyle does that. He gets frustrated. He's extremely competitive, but I know that he, he does a good job of what can he do to do a better job next year. So I think it's our sport. It's extremely hard. It can happen. 
and you work as hard as you can in the offseason and every single aspect of your race team to try and do a better job. Thanks so much. Okay, our next question will come from Claire B. Lang. Go ahead, Claire. Claire, can you hear us? Thank you. Coach, I always felt like that when it came down to the final four, it was who cracked. You know, who, these are all great drivers and great teams. Who cracks? Who missteps? Who misses something? Who panics? Who whatever? But these drivers are so good. What is the difference, do you think, you know, when you get a Truex, an Elliott, uh, a Larson, and a Hamlin together? They're all the real mature sort of solid guys, right? What do you think the difference will be? Does, does nerves, do you think, like in playoff games in the NFL, still figure into it with these guys, or, or is it bigger than that? You know, Claire, I, I think what figures into that question is our sport and the way we have a playoff. <laughs> you think about it, it's, you start with 16 and you have those three different little race races that pare it down and it goes down to 12 and then it goes to 8, it goes to 4. And so then it comes to one race, okay? We're so different because there's four teams in that race that's different than any other sport and so it's going to be a one race uh, make it happen and so I think the fans love it uh, I love that aspect of how we get to the final four and then I think it's it's exciting it's very different as a pro sport and that we have it so it's four teams trying to they, they get one race to make it happen and so it can come down to just one mistake in there. Uh, and so I think that's part of the reason why we love it. We don't know what's going to happen, and we're all excited about it. I do think that all four of these teams, if you go this far and you qualify for that last race, just think about what you've gone through for this entire year. Those four teams were able to do it, and so now – it could come down to just one, one thing happening on the weekend. But we all hope, for me, I hope it's all four teams have a great race day. And I, I just hope that uh, the best team wins. So where do you figure in the aggressiveness you've seen? I realize this is no Martinsville. That was a cutoff race. That's really different. But there were lots of questions about respect. How much respect you show the the drivers competing for the championship, and everybody was all wigged out over respect. How much respect are they going to give each other? What do you tell your drivers in that area? I, th I think the, for me, I've always kind of looked at it as it is our drivers. Uh, that's their world that they live in. And they have a relationship with each one of those drivers that they're racing against. And sometimes they've raced against them for years. And so I think over that long period of time, you build up respect. And I always try to encourage the drivers. I, I said, hey, it's your relationship with each one of those guys. And they're the ones that have to handle that. They're the ones that develop that relationship. And I said, I always suggest if something happens on a on racetrack that you don't like, that somebody, somebody else did, some other driver did, handle it right now. 
go to them, iron it out, talk it out. But I will say this, that normally does not happen. <laughs> and so uh, as, a as a part of that process, one of the things we love about our sport is what? Okay, so you got the drivers compete. So all of us as fans, we got certain drivers we love and we pull for, but they compete. The owners, okay, the different owners compete. And what? The OEMs, the manufacturers compete. And I think that's one of the things our fans love about our sport. You got three different areas, three different uh, groups of people that are competing against each other and competing. It is very different. I love it. Our sponsors are a big part of that. When you stop and think about it, there's no other sport where you have to have a partner, a sponsor, you know, to compete. You really don't have to have it, but in our sport you do. And they're not a, just a sponsor, they're a partner. And so for us this weekend, Bass Pro Johnny, uh, he's absolutely thrilled to be a part of this and been such a great partner for us with Martin. Uh, you got auto owners and Jeff on that car. You got Reesers and Mark. You got Stanley Black and Decker. All those will be competing with uh, Martin this weekend. They're so excited about it. And on Denny's side, you got, you got FedEx, Sport Clips, and you got Craftsman's, you know, Stanley Black and Black and Decker. And in all those, you got uh, Norm and Interstate, who's our founding sponsor. He's on all of our cars. It is a huge deal for us, and so there are so many people excited about this. They're going to be in Phoenix. It's a fantastic facility. They redid that. I hope all fans get a chance to go there uh, and, um, you know, at some point and be a part of this process. Um, so we're all pointed towards Sunday, and it's going to be a thrill. Thank you, and good luck. Okay, Coach? You bet. All right, our next switch is from Kelly Crandall. Go ahead, Kelly. Thank you, Amanda. Joe, I also have a question about Denny. A championship is seemingly the last thing he has to accomplish in the Cup Series. He's done, of course, so much else. I assume you won't root for one of your drivers over the other, but how much of a relief or how nice would it be to finally get that monkey off the back, not only for him, but for you guys as well to just accomplish that and not have to talk about it any longer. All right. Guys. All right. So we heard a little bit from coach Gibbs there, Rowdy, um, two cars in the playoffs and you know, all the, all the craziness stemming from Martinsville and uh, they got two uh, cars in the final four, just like Hendricks. So uh, should be an interesting race come uh, Sunday afternoon. Absolutely, guys, and uh, looking forward to it. Hey, uh, Chi-Town, you got anything before we go? Yeah, Rowdy, it's it's kind of amazing that, you know, it's championship weekend. We have a championship weekend in the desert in Phoenix, and I wish we were all there, but we're not this year. And that's to come. I really hope and uh, think that's going to happen for us. But, Rowdy, you and I are going to be covering championship weekend here in Charlotte for the the dirt cars with the uh, 410 World of Outlaw Sprint cars and the uh, World of Outlaw Super Late models. And, of course, uh, one of Kyle's favorites, those big black dirt modifieds out of the Northeast. And uh, 
I'm looking forward. It's, it's a rare chance to get to see all three series at the same time, two straight nights this year. So uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, great racing uh, facility here, and uh, looking forward to having late breakfast, hopefully with you later uh, tomorrow morning, Rowdy. And Kyle, I guess it's your turn. What you got, buddy? Just uh, hoping for a good race on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a little chilly, but, you know, uh, looking forward to seeing Dino and everybody there and uh, get ready for the football game. So it'll be a busy Saturday, but uh, looking forward to watching all the Phoenix races and seeing who the champions are going to be. Well, Kyle, man, I appreciate it. You have a great time. I, uh, tell Dino we said hello, and it's always great to uh, go to Mahoney Valley. I'm looking forward to going back next year. Me too. And Me too, Rowdy. All right, everybody. Hey, listen, if, if you want to get dirty, go to my YouTube, my TikTok, and I'm going to drizzle a little on Facebook because they like drizzling me. I'm drizzling a little on them. But you can find the slide open on TikTok and YouTube. So appreciate Join it, guys. Join us Monday Thanks night when we bring all the results together. Give us a shot on what you think of what happened this past weekend. And, Rowdy, as always, let that light shine bright, 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 and it will. So Monday night, we'll see you. Thanks, Kyle, for running the board, man. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Rowdy.